Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and you are listening to your Tuesday show. We have a great guest, good friend of mine, good friend of the show, good friend of the OBR, um, and obviously a longtime member of the OBR. We'll get to him in just a second. I want to talk to you real quick about what we have going on over at the website. If you missed today, we put another mock draft up that we normally do here as we're going to finish this out, the uh, daily mock experiment in honor of our friend Stephen. Finish that out, day 40. Um, Andrew Spade did a great job with that, so check that out. And then some quotes on Kevin Stefanski down in Florida where he made some pretty peculiar statements about the offense, and we'll have more on that tomorrow. And then we'll have a little bit on Jarvis Landry tomorrow. It's going to be interior defensive line week, so we're going to look at a bunch of different options in the draft and uh, in free agency, kind of the tiers of free agency that are still out there. So we will get into all of that on the website this week. There was a Monday Twitch show that you missed with – uh, Ian McBride hosting several different guests. Check that out on the replay if you want to. And then we'll have our dueling mock draft show on Tuesday night. If you would like to be involved in that, come hang out with us at seven o'clock on the OBR Twitch. So otherwise, let's get to today's show where we have, I think, some pretty good topics, some things that need to be discussed, and then one pretty fun one at the end. And let's welcome in uh, the managing editor over at the Browns Wire, Jared Mueller. What's up, buddy? What is happening, Mr. Burns? It is. Uh, it's a nice night. It's it's still cool. It's uh, winter's making its last push, but relatively nice night. Got the window cracked a little bit. You know, little little drink in hand, and uh, <laughs> ready to talk some football. I hope you are too, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Every once in a while, when it goes warm to cold, it feels like fall for a half a second. Like mm-hmm. it's like, wait, football, foot, foot. Nah, we're not even close, but we're close, right? <laughs> what What's the the the? Is there a root that has to grow or a type of weed? What is it for Cynthia or something like that? um that that tells you that winter's actually over i don't know somebody could yell at me in the in the uh, twitter about this but there's some there's something out there that tells you that winter is winter is officially over and i'm not smart enough to go out and look forward folks jake is drinking some forwentia or whatever he just said i have no idea what you're talking about brother (laughs) bro it's i'm telling you i'm looking it up right now Uh, is it for cynthia plant right it's uh it's it's out there for scythia Okay, it's supposed to tell you when winter's over because it can grow in only certain soil heat. Uh, Perfect, heat love it. I don't know. Maybe that's what I've heard. Friend, friend of mine is a is a lawn care company. That's what he says. I'll take his word for it. Rather take a butcher's word for it. Anyway, um, there so we will move to our first topic: Baker Mayfield. Why the rush, man? Got got to fill me in here. Like, I know that it's fun for people to put something up about uh, this situation, and I think it's funny that. So who posted it today, uh, Trey Wingo or somebody about the Browns ruining, ruining, ruining Mayfield's value? I don't think the Browns really care, first of all. Like, I think that they view the situation as a situation where, listen, if somebody believes in Baker, they're going to come get him. The fact that no, it, it's harder to find a franchise quarterback or someone you believe in to be your quarterback for the, for the, for the long term than I don't know, hitting the lottery. I mean, literally, it's some of the hardest things to do. They do not make enough of these guys on the planet. And then people will use this justification as, man, listen, once Mayfield gets to free agency, if the Browns have to cut him, everybody will be all over him. Well, you know, for nothing, of course, right? There's all, there are people all over Mitch Trubisky. Like, that's not <laughs> an argument here. Like, if, you, it's, if you're saying – teams are afraid to pay Mayfield 19 million, then that's how they view him. They don't view him as a serious quarterback in the NFL. So you can say all you want about teams are trying to really rake the Browns over the, uh, over the coals here and really 
make him make a heart. No, if somebody believed in this guy, they would come trade for him. It's very simple. If there's like, you wouldn't risk this guy getting to free agency. It would be just like Amari Cooper where the Browns didn't want him to get to free agency by a cut. They could have waited and he would have been cut, but they, they, they went out and made a deal. And this is an even bigger situation at quarterback where teams like the jets and Seattle and, and Pittsburgh among others, like don't have an answer. And if they actually believed in this guy, they would go get him because it's hard to find these guys. This is not waiting out a wide receiver or waiting out a defensive end. This is the most important position in sports. And as hard as it is a pill for some people to swallow, like that's the view of him right now. He is a tier three quarterback in the eyes of people who say we would probably pay like 12 million for him, but that's about it, right? Like that's where I'm at. So why the rush is so strange to me. The Browns are going to sit on it. They're going to wait until after the draft and see if somebody misses on a guy they wanted in the draft and get desperate. Right. Or am I, or am I off dude? Tell me if you think I'm off. I think there's a piece of it that is leverage. Right. And so uh, unfortunately the Browns acquired Deshaun Watson a week or so into free agency or a couple weeks into free agency. So there is a little bit of a leverage play right now. The blunt reality is the Browns have been very honest with Mayfield and everybody that if it wasn't Watson or a clear upgrade, they were rolling with Mayfield next year. I really believe that based on a very simple fact. They've acted like it, right? And so uh, I know that they turned down or asked but is Washington. But Jared, is saying, that, is saying that an, an attempt to salvage something where, yeah, we're trying to hang on to some public value of like, man, if we didn't get Watson – that's the only upgrade we saw. So we were going to play him and you should probably play him too, right? Like, <laughs> I or think, is, or am I, I off? Yeah. Well, I think there's something too, and I've had multiple people tell me basically the same thing that I heard that the Washington, uh, what the crap are they called? The commanders actually had an offer in for Baker Mayfield um, and before they traded for Carson Wentz. And the Browns said, hold on. No, probably not. That's not enough. We don't have a good option to replace him all of those kind of conversations. Um, and so they didn't make that move then. So I do think there is truth to it, to be very honest with you. I think there is real truth to the fact that the Browns didn't see any real clear upgrades. There are quarterbacks that might be a little bit better, but they didn't see any real clear upgrades that were easily accessible to them. Obviously, Watson wasn't either. I think the real rush, to be honest, is April 19th. We know Baker or whenever OTAs are supposed to start or voluntary mini camps, whatever the terminology is, I always get off on some of the off season stuff um, is we know Baker Mayfield can be a little bit of a loose cannon um, and the NFLPA, If there are voluntary activities, uh, the NFLPA can say the Browns have to let him come because he's not suspended. He's not in trouble, any of those kind of things. And would it be beyond Baker Mayfield to say, well, I need to come. I need to show how my shoulder's doing. There's a report already that he was throwing with, uh, Danny Amendola and uh, the guy from Buffalo that I can't think of his name, the little so- uh, Cole Beasley. Yeah. And so he's already throwing a little bit. I think for the Browns to move forward is to make sure Baker Mayfield does not step foot back on their campus and lets them move forward. And that is the middle to late April before the NFL draft. I think that's the the one piece of a rush, whether that's a good idea or makes sense or whatever is a different conversation. But I think that is the one rush for the Browns is to not let him step foot back in Berea. Yeah. You think Baker will be hostile about that and just say, Hey man, I'm showing up. What's up? Welcome. Yeah. 
I absolutely, I don't know about hostile, but I think he'll say, listen, I got to show my value. I got to show that I'm healthy. Uh, I am a team player. Uh, I, I'm, and he's going to, he, it's his one play, right? He, he wrote a letter to Cleveland telling how much he loved them and all that stuff. He demanded a trade. He asked to go to the Colts. Like it's the next play he has. So yeah, I absolutely think he would, he would play that card because what's the downfall? He looks like a guy who wants to come to OTAs voluntary. Like what, what's the downfall for him for the Browns? There's a lot of negatives that could come with that, especially with players like John Johnson, the third, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And if there are guys, whether it's Jadavion Clowney, which we'll talk about possibly here in a second and all those guys, maybe Landry Clowney or any other free agent is waiting for that to clear out both from a cap space perspective, but also they saw what it was like last year and there, there wasn't a whole lot of good in that locker room. No, not at all. Not at all. Let's talk about another locker room figure. Okay. That's mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry. I think there's, there's just this connection going on and it, and it resurfaced again today. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot put out another piece about both sides are very much paying attention to the situation and um, that, that Jarvis would welcome back uh, a return to Cleveland because of his, the quarterback situations intriguing to him. Uh, first real, that's the first real public piece we've ever heard from Landry about his intent to play for a better quarterback. Um, but also like uh, the, the, the funny thing was over the weekend, the $20 million thing, such a clear agent play Bilbo, his former agent at clutch saying like, Hey man, I couldn't get this guy a deal. Cause he was demanding 20 million. And then that that's probably to me, Jared, it's a very big spite move. Like you fire me, I'm going to leak this silly number, get you laughed at give me justification for getting out as your agent. And like, it just was funny to me how that leaked out. The timing of that was hilarious. But anyway, um, people want him back. And like, my question is what, I, I mean, I can live a world where Jarvis Landry comes back, but like, what number are you comfortable with here? Because this, the production, which I'm writing on tonight into tomorrow with some tape on it, it just doesn't add up. Like, it doesn't even add up to 12. It doesn't add up to 10. Maybe <laughs> maybe below. Like, where are you comfortable if you hear a deal number? You know, I think for me, if we're talking about the real numbers, not the crap that gets kind of thrown out there, um, you know, I'm comfortable in that six to eight range. Uh, I think that's a fair area to look if a couple things you they obviously know what his medicals are you know last year wasn't good for him we get that like obviously health for the first time ever to deal with actually health issues you know he lost his best friend which obviously it's a business yada 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 but the reality is is that still he's an emotional guy and so um you know it was a and baker mayfield was not very good his accuracy was bad you know there just was a disconnect and then Landry was basically their number one receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones didn't have a great year, all that stuff. So I think, you know, OBJ is a great example of when people are in their right roles, they can really shine. And so a, a, a slot receiver who is a strong route runner and should be able to catch the ball really well is going to shine when accuracy and timing are really, really good from your quarterback. And they're going to shine a lot less when it's not. So I think, you know, six to eight, I'm looking at just kind of, uh, average value this off season for wide receivers. Um, Cedric Wilson in Dallas got 7.3 a year. Uh, and then it drops pretty quickly down to Brian Pringle at 4.1. So there is kind of an area for a Jarvis Landry. Zay Jones got eight a year, and then you get up to DJ Chark at 10. So I think there is an area for Jarvis at 20 at six, seven, me, not really eight, but all of those players you're talking about 26, 26, 25, 26, you're talking about some younger guys. And then you get to Pringle and 
you know, Jakeem Grant is literally like the eighth or ninth highest paid average salary of wide receivers this offseason of pure free agents. So I think if it was six to eight, somewhere in that range, I'd feel really comfortable. And I think with Watson on board, again, if we had an idea of a suspension, would be great. Uh, I think that's where you can start to draw a player uh, who might be like, well, I'll take six to come play there versus selling my house, <laughs> right? Going someplace else, you know, all of that. He was interested in joining Watson in Atlanta and Atlanta has, you know, like no cap space. So it wasn't like he was going to get a lot of money to go to Atlanta. So I think there is, there's a room for a, a dollar amount that makes sense. And the Browns can use some void years and those kind of things to kind of spread it out as they think the cap is going to rise. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. Plus a rollover that they'll try to tie into that as well. will will be beneficial. Exactly. Too. So yeah, that's what gets interesting. I mean, I, I guess there could be, and, and when this deal was signed, Brad Stainbrook kind of had told me that he talked to Jakeem Grant's agent and he said that there was mention of an opportunity to play more wide receiver. He's had a couple seasons with 30 targets, one season with 50. I broke, I broke it down. It's just, you know, he's, is, yeah, he's a gadget yeah. player and and like he can spot duty some things here and there, but I cannot imagine their plan centers around Jakeem Grant being a, a, a really important part of this wide receiver group. And then like on top of that, the only two you we've heard this, this connection about Fuller being <laughs> with, with Watson as some package deal, but there's never been anything concrete there. There's never, no, everyone just quiet kind of yeah. thought it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's been actual buzz about Landry. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. I'm just, I'm welcome to a 2022 and potentially one more year of Jarvis Landry. If the money is, is right. Like they cannot overpay him. They just, they flat out can't overpay him. And you hear the number 20 over the weekend. I find it hard to believe that Jarvis would be seeking out 20. I would think he would do something around that 8 million mark with, incentives heavily tied to it in my opinion but um yeah that's that's it i mean i think a lot of it with people jared is tied to nostalgia i mean like they just really liked him and they are yearning for what he did for them in the past and i'm just a little hesitant about that in the future thinking that the past production for landry is going to keep yielding itself positively a guy approaching 30 who does not have long speed and as you get older the twitchiness fades and he lives on twitch like that is that is his thing, man. That's what makes me nervous. And two, it makes me nervous about Clowney is I want to bring him back. I'm into it. But man, I feel like you got the one good year out of that guy. And it's like, I really would not like to bank on a two-year contract with him staying healthy and, and giving you enough games to justify the dollar figure. I get nervous there for both of those guys, but that's free agency, right? Well, it is. And I think, you know, the reality is free agency fans and media and just in, again, those are general stereotypes tend to focus on what a player has done. Good quality teams focus on what a player can do, right? You don't mm -hmm. want to pay for what was right. You want to pay for what will be. You want to pay for what you're going to get. That's why age is important. That's why looking at regressions and injuries and, and all of that is really, really vital. I do think there's a piece of not only nostalgia, but comfort with, with Jarvis, especially with this kind of, you know, the character conversation with Deshaun Watson and all of that stuff, you know, that leader and all of that there, there's just so many random little things. Clowny, I am with you. Um, I think it's really interesting that, you know, right now, you know, the edge class was pretty strong and it's kind of starting to hit its kind of end, right? Like Clowney might be the best available. It might even be the youngest available. Uh, Nasib is, is an option, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not a lot out there that that really kind of fills that role. Obviously, Chase Vinovich is a is a rotational player. There's not a lot there. So I think it's just hard because Clowney likes to feel wanted, likes to feel desired, likes all that stuff. But yeah, you got one good year out of him now. I mean, he was honest. He said money was going to make his decision. Then he posts as soon as Watson was agreed to come to Cleveland. He posts, you know, he reposts Watson's Browns, Watson in the Browns jersey. So maybe he has some interest there. But yeah, 29 years old, lots of injury history. You know, he's a big guy. He is exactly what the Browns want. They want somebody to to push that pocket. Would it be nice? Absolutely. Uh, There's a story I'm going to try to get up. There's literally a whole list of former Browns that could fill all of their needs from Clowney, <laughs> Landry, Sheldon Richardson, Jabril Peppers, uh, freaking That's Darren funny. Fells could be their fourth tight end, That's right? Funny. OBJ could be that other outside receiver. Like there's literally just a list <laughs> like of like an all-star team of the last four years, <laughs> right? Funny. Carl Nassib, like the Nassib, whatever. I always say his name wrong. Like there's literally an, a former Browns team out there that could come walk into this organization right now and fill every single one of their needs, whether it'd be worth it and all that different conversation. And then Andrew Barry could go in the draft and just draft whoever the crap he wants to because Sheldon Richardson's inside. Jadavion Clowney's there. Freaking Olivier Vernon wants to come back next year, dude, not just to Cleveland, but just in general. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to you, dude. I'll have to, I'll have to, we'll have to share that for everybody tomorrow. Good stuff. Let's, uh, let's go to our last uh, little topic here. We're going to take a quick break from uh, a message from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so we're going to touch on our last little topic, which I think is more fun as we as we leave this one. Your five biggest shockers this offseason biggest moves you didn't expect like moves that when you saw these moves jared you said and we're checking like the what meter here the what meter is what i'm calling this <laughs> what okay so we're doing five down Ooh. to one okay okay so uh we will uh start with your five and then i'll go with mine you can lead off Ooh, one, two. I got to do math now. That's not really great. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, great. Um, 
you know, I think number five for me. But is, what was the noise you made when this deal happened? You got to say that too. Uh, good. Yeah. So number five, come on. Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins for the Kansas City Chiefs to get rid of a guy that um, is just that dynamic. Now, they're kind of doing what we talked about, age and all that stuff. Maybe that starts to go away. But I think he defines some of their offense. Whether they can be as good in a different version of the offense, I don't know. But we know that Tyreek Hill literally changes the game. So, come on. Tyreek Hill, they're trading him. That's my number five. I like that. I like that. Uh, mine's a little higher on Hill because I just didn't see that one coming. Mine's Tom Brady coming back. I thought Tom Brady was coming back. I never thought he was done. There were too many weird things that were going on, but the timing of it was funny. And like the, there was the video with Ronaldo where he made that mm-hmm. face. And I was like, so when Brady announced he was coming back, I kind of kept checking to make sure that was verified. And I was like, wow that was my noise on that one wow that, that was a, a wow on the what a meter okay so that's my number five i'll do four because uh we'll go we'll go like a snake draft yep. here uh my number four was the uh, russell wilson deal because i just didn't see denver getting russell wilson didn't see it mm-hmm. so i was like dang okay because i thought it made denver better their quarterback away i was like dang so that's my number four, Russell Wilson to Denver, making them a real contender. And before a lot of the shakeup happened in that division to make it what it is right now. For me, weirdly enough, it was Aaron Rodgers staying with the Green Bay Packers. Mm. And at first we didn't know what the contract was. And so all I, my noise was, come on, how much? Tell me how much I need to know. Like, what is that dude getting? Um, because it made a lot of sense for him to stay uh, in Green Bay and all of that went with it. But I was surprised that it happened so quickly and that all of that kind of stuff. I was just like, all right, where it's this. I felt like he was going to be the guy that kind of Jadavion Clowney did and kind of made everybody guess, made everybody wonder and really kind of held all the cards for as long as he could. So timing that he returned, all of that is actually number four, but it will actually kind of go together uh, with my number two here in just a little bit. Uh, we're probably on the same page. What's your number three in the snake draft here of, of the what? Oh, <laughs> So number three actually was Tom Brady. Like okay. I actually, I was actually more surprised than you because I thought Brady was just going to do it his way. Like everything about Brady has been calculating, has been mm-hmm. organized and structured and all of that. And there was no win here, right? This wasn't trying to get more money or you know, any of those kind of things. So I just didn't see the win with him coming back after deciding to retire. Obviously there's all these little like murmurs, but they felt like, honestly, they felt like NFL BS, like somebody's got to move. And so when he came back, I was like, that's not real. Like I was waiting for what uh, company or what sponsorship was he really quote unquote coming back for, right? Like it was going to be mm-hmm. some huge marketing deal, some kind of ploy, some kind of thing like that. Cause it just didn't seem like Tom Brady to change his mind after 60 some days or whatever it was. So for me, you know, it was just that surprise of this calculating cold kind of guy changing his mind after two months. Then again, being home with the kids and family might've done it for him. Yeah, that was uh, – I, I don't blame you for putting that further up. I think it was all just a matter of like – I just didn't think Tom was – he's playing too well. He's playing too well. He's too competitive. But I totally see your point too. So, okay, we'll go to me, number three. My number three is Tyreek Hill. I just didn't 
I mean, not that it's far fetched to see Tyreek Hill get traded. I just it happened really abruptly. It was like Rappaport and those guys said like, oh, all of a sudden Tyreek Hill is looking for a trade. And I was like, ah, they'll they'll figure it out. Like this, this is the perfect. It might literally be the most perfect quarterback wide receiver <laughs> pairing. It's like Rice Montana. It's the same yeah. thing. Like as far as just absolutely torching defenses and being the perfect fit for the quarterback style. So the fact that they then abruptly did it, I was like, wow, big, wow, long, wow. So that one was pretty surprising that they shipped him to Miami and that they were willing to do that. Like so quickly, it was just, they were maybe there's more to come out behind the scenes on all of that, but that was just a very abrupt trade. My number two I think we'll line up perfectly with your two, which is Devonte Adams trade. That one was like a what? Like what? I knew that Oakland was connected to Adams largely because of Carr. I just didn't think that that was going to happen. I thought that Aaron came back mm-hmm. to to uh, to to stay with him, and I knew that there was some interesting stuff going on around. Like they said they were going to tag him. He's like, I'm not playing on the tag, and then. I just figured it would work itself out. And that if Aaron Rodgers was there, it was there because that was guaranteed to keep up and for that to happen. And Aaron still be there and him to know about that. It was very like, I could not, that was, that was a pretty stunning thing there. And I imagine that's your second one too. No, I was going to talk about Carson Wentz. Yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> I mean, let's just be very honest. Freaking the Washington giving up two threes for Carson Wentz when Indianapolis basically was like, Hey, we don't want this guy anymore. And they paid all the contract is crazy. But uh, no, I would say, yeah, Devonte Adams. It was really like a, what are you kidding me? Like, and then right into did Rogers know, did he actually sign his contract? Like all of those conversations. Cause again, that would have been a fitting, like Aaron Rodgers decides yeah, yeah. like, well, you guys didn't do it. So remember what I think I said, Hey guys, anybody want to come get me? Uh, like that would have been the perfect Aaron Rodgers kind of off season. All right, so it was definitely a what, and then it was all about Rodgers, which is yeah. why kind of those two go together well for me. And then number one is is obviously Deshaun Watson for about 150 different reasons. You know, you 230 and, probably. Actually. Yeah, I mean, it does start there. So I'll tell you my noise, though, first. My noise was, Dottie, let's go, because I was literally outside working in my uh, front flower bed, doing mm-hmm. organizing some rocks and landscaping. My dog was out there wrapped around the, or her uh, leash was wrapped around the tree, so she couldn't run away. And I had to like really hurriedly go because I got like a, a text message about two minutes before from someone inside the Browns organization just with those stupid eyeballs, uh, and then had to run. So my I yelled Dottie, uh, and then tried to get her unwrapped from under the tree. And if you've ever tried to unwrap a six month old, seven month old puppy, uh, with a whole lot of haste. She wasn't having it. And so it was just a whole lot of hectic. I left my gardening tools in the middle of the yard, uh, clothes, uh, shoes everywhere, gloves everywhere. Uh, but yeah, so chose Cleveland, $230 million hadn't played in a year, still, uh, pendant one criminal investigation pending 22 civil lawsuits again, chose Cleveland, uh, 26 years old, huge contract. There are a million reasons that is the number one shocking move of this off season. Yeah. It's one of the moves of all time where I was in disbelief. Like the only other one is LeBron releasing the letter. Like I was just mm-hmm. kind of sitting here. I have these three monitors up in front of me. I work from home, my day job. And I'm, I, I always have Twitter on this left monitor, just kind of scrolling it and perusing when I have brain dead. And I was just <laughs> sitting here and Twitter will sometimes automatically update 
And I was just kind of like looking and there was a tweet that in a stunning change of events, Deshaun Watson has chose Cleveland. And I'm like, like trying to process that there actually is a check mark there. And it was just, it was just like, holy shit. Like, holy yeah. shit. Like I just kept saying, holy shit. Like they did because they were out of it. Everybody had moved on from it. There was, yeah. it was outwardly. They were out of the de- decision. We had moved on from it. We had made a bunch of plans at the OBR and there were contingent on some things about Watson's decision. And then like, it just changed everything for any number of reasons that we've talked about on this show for, days it just was it was a it, it's not just this this offseason time it's the most i would say it's the most holy shit move i've ever seen in the nfl from my perspective of like where do we go from here what are we writing about where does it go like huge site-wide decisions and it's um it was a lot and that was that was a big one so well said by you and i i think that that was clearly I would think around the NFL. I don't think that we're doing homerism stuff here by saying it was number no. one just for us. I think it was, I think it was around the NFL and it just I kept mean, getting yeah. bigger, right? Like it was like, Oh, right. and then they're going to give him a $230 million all guaranteed contract and this and this. And Oh, here's the trade. Stuff <laughs> Somehow the trade got bigger when yeah. it, than what the both teams initially announced. Somehow the, the trade was bigger than that. Like how is that even possible that, both teams announced one version of a trade that was the same. Mm-hmm. And then the trade is bigger. And I think what's really going to be interesting, you know, it's, it's going to be up there, I believe with, you know, the Reggie white, the Peyton Manning out in Denver in that um, it, it is going to be a game changer for Lamar Jackson, for Kyler Murray, you know, teams are going to, there are teams that are right now having conversations, whether they will look to franchise and trade quarterbacks partially because there is a literally an escrow account that, Jimmy Haslam will have to put 230, well, $180 million into now. He will have to put $180 million into an account because the NFL is set up that if you guarantee money, you must put it into account the minute the contract is signed. That is not money that Mike Brown in Cincinnati has, right? Like that. And I don't know. That's that's an interesting point. You're making an excellent point. The guaranteed money situation. Like I had this conversation with Dennis Maniloff when I visited the radio the mm-hmm. other day. I know logically a lot of us are looking at this and saying, well, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, um, um, our boy out West, uh, Justin, Justin Herbert. Oh, Herbert like, yeah. It, you know, everyone's talking. And I'm like, well, I get it. But also the situation for Deshaun was unique where there were bidders right? There was a bidding mm-hmm. war happening and that made it like the money was a way to sway a player there. This situation with teams against themselves, it's really like, it's, re- it's not going to be the same. I'm not saying it won't happen. And I'm not saying sure. that the guys like Joe Banner who have said this will change and Bill Polian, this is going to change everything. I'm just, I'm just think we're underestimating the uniqueness of a player essentially hitting free agency like an NBA talent. Like 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 this is a LeBron teams flying in to visit him and we have never see that in the NFL. These guys get to free yes. agency, they get there closer to 30 or beyond. Quarterbacks never leave because they never wipe the money off the table. It was just really weird and unique where the packages for trades were already accepted and it literally was, Hey man, you pick your destination, wave your no trade. It's like free agency where, you know, Burrow is going to be going back and forth and they'll figure out a number, but it, I just don't know that it's as big a lock as people think it is. And I think sometimes 
we're underestimating the weirdness, uniqueness of that situation for Watson. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think the reality for for NFL teams and agents is that it gives, you know, we know that it gives precedence, right? Precedence mm-hmm. is such a huge thing that, you know, teams and players and, you know, everybody looks at that it makes a lot of sense. I do want to just hit back on one thing that doesn't make any logical sense, but I think we all don't agree with it, but I've seen enough reporting from people that I trust that says when Watson said that the contract wasn't a decision, part of the the major part of the decision that he had already decided to come to Cleveland. uh, I I actually believe all the reporting I've seen. They talked about, you know, we want to get a fifth year and we're going to add money and yada, 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 and all of that kind of stuff. But I've seen enough reporting and believe enough of the things that I've heard that surprisingly makes no sense to me. But surprisingly, I'm not actually sure it played almost any role in him coming to Cleveland, which doesn't make sense, which is why none of us believe it. But either way, you're right. It is a unique situation. Uh, But then again, Lamar Jackson is representing himself. (laughs) So who knows how that's going to play out? It's going to be fascinating, like how these work out. And people trying to use this situation with Deshaun as leverage because Kirk Cousins has done it too. It's not, this is not unique. Like there, it's not the same length and the same total dollar figure, but Kirk has leveraged himself into what, four years now of guaranteed money, every penny of what he's done. Like it's not totally foreign. And I think Cleveland said, and this is the funny thing. These quarterback contracts that are like incentive based and they talk guaranteed. And I know you're, you've made a nice caveat about the difference. Like, they, they all ultimately, if they're the guy you they're think they are, it, yeah. they're going to get it. They're going to get right. that money. So I think Jimmy's like, and again, the, your opinion of Jimmy and the situation, totally get it. But like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I just think that they're like, we're just going to make this guy fall in love with the Browns. So he never leaves us. Like he'll never want to go. Like we're going to do as sure. right by this guy in this moment as possible. And, and you know, whether you agree with that or not, I totally understand. But like that to me is where your point about, the contract didn't matter until the Browns were like, dude, we think you're going to earn this. You're so good as it is. We think you're going to earn this money anyway. We're just going to give it to you. Just going to give it to and you I think, yeah. and show faith, you know? And so. I think what's interesting is you just talked about uh, Kirk Cousins, and I'm just looking at his contract real quick. I'm not sure it's that far off. Franchise tag for almost 20. Franchise tag for almost 24. So you get to 44. Guaranteed contract of 84 million, right? So you're already at 120, whatever, eight. And then he he just had it all worked back out that it's basically not totally, but it's basically another sixty six million dollars guaranteed. Technically, it's only thirty one, but based on all the void years and all of that, they cannot cut him. So besides that, technically, it's only thirty one. You know, he's actually pushing some of those numbers over the last five, six, seven years of purely guaranteed contracts when it comes to two franchise tags, three years, and then now another two years. So you're right. Kirk Cousins basically has done the same. It just was done over the span of multiple contracts instead of one five-year deal. It's just that we're not sure we trust you like that contract. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, like, let's see if there's better options out there. Yeah, Listen, it's, yeah. it's what they did with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Listen, we'll close with this one. And I, I've not prepared you for this, so I'll go first. But the all hell yeah move of the, of the offseason, okay? This move Ooh. made you say, oh, hell yeah, like that. Here's mine. Give you a minute to think of yours. Mitch Trubisky to the Steelers. I was like, oh, <laughs> hell yeah. I love that. Listen, 
<laughs> Pittsburgh has been so spoiled for so long. And I know Ben has been a shell of himself the past few years. And the quarterback play has been uh, pretty, pretty dismal. But like, I've just been longing for like the Bubby Brister, the uh, Tommy Maddox <laughs> Tommy quarterback Maddox. days of the Pittsburgh Steelers and just bringing them back down to earth a little bit about some of these things that they have quite a bit of arrogance about. So let's hope that that holds to uh form and they don't go get Willis or somebody takes them before. And then we eliminate that. Uh, I just think that they're, they're just kind of due for some quarterback obscurity for years. They're due. They're due. So that was my yes. Hell yeah. Off season <laughs> move. What's yours? So I got a couple that all kind of, well, two of them go together, like the Christian Kirk contract and even the Devonte Adams and the Tyreek Hill all gave me, made me then look back at the Amari Cooper trade. Like, Oh yeah. yeah like excited. Right. All of that kind of stuff. And then honestly, if he's any version of himself getting to see Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa with the chargers when they're not hopefully playing the Browns, like I love seeing pass rushers go to town, especially because my favorite defensive position is the roaming free safety. And they've got one of the most creative best in Derwin James. And so Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, and then you got Derwin James on that back end. Like I love all, you know, even they signed JC Jackson, like all of that kind of work together to find a defense that just fits some of the things that I just love to watch. Unfortunately, all these, almost all the great players are now in, you know, the AFC, but uh, you know, so there was just a lot of them where I was like, oh, Jaguars are spending too much money again and they're idiots to pay Christian Kirk makes Cooper look a lot better. And then just what Mac does for that defense um, is going to be really fun to see out in Los Angeles. Yeah, it will be. It will be a lot of fun to see. This has been a fun podcast, Jared. We've gone 35 minutes, some great content. I think it went really well. A lot of good stuff, man. I know the listeners of this show appreciate you and we want you to come back as often as you're willing. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Not a problem, brother. It's good to talk to you as always. Yeah, man. The inaugural all hell yeah meter and the what meter <laughs> what? With, with Jared Mueller. So thanks to Jared again. Appreciate you guys for checking out today's show and supporting the OBR. Again, we have dueling mock draft uh, show coming up here on Tuesday night. So check that out at seven o'clock. Make sure to check out the OBR for some Jarvis Landry content about some of those numbers I was talking to you about here earlier with Jared. Those will be up and available for you to check out as well and kind of try to pinpoint what you think he's worth and, and why uh, why the Browns are still thinking about it and what can be good for both sides. So check that out. Again, thanks to Jared for joining today's show on short notice and dealing with us as we fight the good fight of trying to get our little guy to sleep in his own bed by himself at four years old. Listen, tip to parents, just get out in front of that. Just don't put it off. Just don't. Just get out in front of the sleep stuff. I'm just telling you, I'm shaking my head. It's a nightmare. Lovely kid. Love him to death, but just not the uh, most fun endeavor at this age as we try to prep for our second one in August. So anyway, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you guys, your support for the Twitch, the uh, website, and this podcast. Have a great Tuesday and go Browns.